try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your host, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. My Cinema Podcast. Welcome to Michael Govier, it's Travis, and it's Eric. We're here, and we got a movie that we're going to focus on. It's called Lost Highway. It was Eric's selection, and we'll do that in a little bit. David Lynch directed film. I am here, and so are my pals. And we'll answer your email, cinemanipod at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking if you've listened to past episodes. Uh, Travis, you and I did a duo last week on Hot Tub Time Machine, which we had a good time. I enjoyed that show. I think it was fun. Great White Buffalo. That's right. We did. We had a good time talking about it and making a whole bunch of presumptions about how Eric felt about it based on one rather cryptic text. How you doing, Eric? Wait, good to have all What's the difference between presumption and assumption? Uh, presumption. I. That's a great question. I kind of use them interchangeably, but there okay. is a, there is a line of difference between the two. I th- I believe presumption involves. Presume, assume. Yeah, I think presumption involves like there's less. I think it's based on less. I think assume Ooh. like if but you know I'm. Gonna, I never thought of this until I just asked you to put you on the spot. Yeah, so, no, uh, but yeah, up. Eric, you're here now. We talked about hot tub time machine. You feel that we may have wronged you in terms of your opinion <laughs> of the film. I sat there listening to that podcast for 15 minutes. My face was bright red while you two assholes talk about how I have no joy in my life. I hate all movies. Dislike comedies in general. I, I, I was laughing my ass off the entire time during my first viewing of Hot Tub Time Machine. I get it. I, I piss on any Judd Apatow piece of trash that's thrown out there, especially the, all the ones that we've done on the show, which have all sucked. And I see where you're coming from. He's not going to like this. It's 2010. He's going to be like, oh, dick jokes. Come on, grow up. No, man. It was hilarious. Loved it. Uh, John Cusack looked embarrassed the entire time. That's the only note I had. John Cusack looked embarrassed to be there. But as it turns out, it worked out and it was funny. I wish it would have returned for the sequel. But listen, I bitch and I complain because I care. If I didn't care about the state of cinema, I wouldn't be bitching and complaining. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm glad to be back, though. That's putting it mildly. I made well, an yeah. assumption because now I looked it up. Assumption is based on feeling. Presumption is based on some data. Ah! Yeah. Well, we, you know, we assumed things. Sorry about that. You set us up, though, Eric, because you said you only had one note. And usually when yeah. you only have one note, yeah. that's like, fuck this shit. It, that's and not unreasonable for me to assume that. And the only other thing you said was that Cusack looked embarrassed to be there. So those were very encouraging. I set you up. Yeah. There's, been some, there's been some incredible films where I just put the pen down and I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this and not bother with any notes. I don't know, man. You guys, I just missed the mark. But I'm, I'm glad you brought it. I, I, I really like the film. It was funny. That's awesome. Okay. So it holds up. Yeah. Great. Hey! Okay, very, very good. Uh, this week, you know, we've been tabling this. We kind of previewed it on the last episode. We're going to talk about some of our best of 23. You know, it's this is being recorded on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, fellas. And mm-hmm. we're ready to, I think, confidently say what we enjoyed the most out of the year of 2023 in cinema. So uh, did we want to... I thought we would just share a few instead of, do you have a top five? Unless someone had like a top three or something like that, you can go in that order. 
But uh, Travis, you're usually pretty anal about this stuff, so I thought maybe you did that. Yeah, I have I have a whole list. Oh, uh, how many are on the list? It's it's lengthy, but I don't have to spend that much time. <laughs> Unlike Eric, I thought this was a pretty decent year for, for film. <laughs> um, I will say, and I don't want to assume anything, but there is a lot of movies that Presume. I have not been able to see, and I assume that you guys have not been able to see either. I really want to see Dream Scenario, Butcher's Crossing, memory uh godzilla minus one american fiction there's a lot yeah. of really great movies Poor really want to see american fiction uh, haven't been able zone, to see it yeah zone of interest the boy and the heron these are all like available if you want to spend 20 bucks or do it illegally otherwise we got to wait so um for future listeners be aware that we haven't heard or haven't seen any of those movies <laughs> okay um, well throw some at us uh give right. us some, some let's best, go i got some best docs little richard i am everything the rock hudson doc all that heaven allowed and then the best doc of the year i would give the still the michael j fox story was really good on apple i definitely recommend that and uh as far as kind of genre films i love guardians of the galaxy 3 it moved me um still haven't mutant, seen it it's, it's good teenage mutant Ninja turtles mutant mayhem surprised me and uh, I know, Eric, you didn't care for Elemental, but I thought that was pretty great. And then as far as the dramas go, I really like May, December. It has stuck with me. I'm disappointed that um, that there weren't nominations for both Julianne Moore. Which actually, she may have been nominated. I can't remember. I don't think so. But I definitely think that Natalie Portman should have been nominated for Best Actress for it. It should have been nominated for Best Screenplay. It's really stuck with me. Um, I believe the film Nyad should be on uh, the list of anyone's best oh, of the year. Swimming. Um, yeah, I watched that. Uh, that was one of the films I watched this week. And man, I, I had low. I mean, I, I didn't have low expectations because, you know, you got Annette Benning and Jodie Foster in Academy Award nominated performances. They're some of the best actors of their generation. So I knew it was going to be OK. I did not expect myself to be just pouring tears of joy i guess and like emotion by the end of it like i've i've not cried so hard in a movie in a long time i and i knew how it ended and i don't give huh. a fuck about sports but like like i was <laughs> talking about society of the snow last week society I, I, just, I, I just love the like the human stories that can be told sometimes through cinema just the, the incredible things that the human body can do that i mine mine doesn't do um but nyad did and not yet definitely definitely a great movie um also past lives really awesome maestro i don't know why it's not getting more praise uh i really do think there's some great stuff in there okay you brought up a movie so i'm gonna jump in here so maestro i've seen eric have you seen maestro so like 10 minutes and i was like "Ah, i can't do this right now (laughs) okay (laughs) well uh well i'll try not to spoil it for you but it's about leonard bernstein Mm. everyone's got to do that and i i was really engaged in the film travis i really found it to be interesting i don't give a fuck about anybody's juno's talk i'm a jew if you need fucking credentials i didn't focus on that shit okay i know i'm i'm here to see the performance yeah all the shit about you know yeah yeah, that yeah. yeah but like in the end Carrie Mulligan wasn't talked about enough at all. All I heard about was his goddamn nose, but Carrie Mulligan gives an incredible performance in this film. For Best well, Supporting Actress, uh, story, isn't she? Yeah. 
And yeah. deservedly so. She's outstanding in this film. And it's a very powerful film about relationships that I, I wasn't expecting. And I didn't know a lot about Bernstein mm -hmm. either. And I will Me also either. say, I really liked the old man makeup. I know, I don't know about the nose, but great. him is a, wasn't it great? Yeah. Like the it opening shot of that film, it's like, whoa, he that is really well done. And I don't want to spoil anything either, but there is one moment where it shows him actually composing and he's in a church. Uh, you know what scene I'm talking about? That is yes. one of the most moving scenes in film I can think of in the past few years. And it's just him composing. Yes. Just, I mean, I, I was I, I think this movie is getting undersung, heavily undersung. I would agree. I really enjoyed it and I would recommend it for a host of reasons. Just really interesting in, uh, intri no. intimacies, intricacies, uh, in Presumption? insidious presumptions, uh, idiosyncrasies, <laughs> <laughs> stocks, Dow Jones. No, I really thought Maestro was great and it's not just Bradley Cooper, but he's done, yeah. he did a really good job. All around, directing everything. Yes. Um, yeah, Society of the Snow, I, I sang its praises last week and rightly so. Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, Eric! It's gotta, be in the, it's gotta be in the conversation, even if it's way too fucking long. And then lastly, to me, there's a very obvious best film of the year, which is Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, wrong. Have you seen it? Yes, no. I have seen it. No. Oh, yeah, you didn't to me, it's I obviously didn't... the best film of the year. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think you guys had seen it either. I, I, oh, I, I finally I watched Oppenheimer with... for okay. this uh, segment. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw like... it in theaters with Christian. I talked about it when I saw it. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I had delayed, Eric. I had delayed, and I finally was like, "Shit! I, if we're gonna talk about best of twenty three, I finally got to watch Damn this it. fucking movie." Did not well, see it on a big screen, which I may regret forever. Just saw it on a forty five inch screen. So. Not so. Not one of the years best for you. I think it's not just one of the years best. I think it's. I think it's Nolan's best. <gasps> wow! Wow! That's what I think. It's okay. It, I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I mean, first off, Oppenheimer's a solid film. It's a solid movie, but boy, I gotta watch it again because there's no way you can watch this movie one time. Not because it's that good or that bad, or really, there's just so many fucking people in this movie and so much going on. And, and the way that Nolan decided to tell the story, which you know, he just never will do straight linear. That's not his thing. Yeah, And I... I don't need it to be straight linear. I love us doing different things and being open to change in terms of how stories are being told, especially in mainstream filmmaking. Uh, it was some incredible moments, so much to take in that I I recommend it has to be watched at least three times, but it's definitely a good film. It Nolan's best, That I will have to stew on that for a while, Travis. That's a hell of a claim. Not an unfair claim, but it's a hell of a claim. I mean, I, I would say this and maybe Dunkirk in my opinion although dark knight who am i kidding i love dark knight but yeah those are those, but, are, those are my i think this best three right there okay very good uh eric what would you like to share with us this year i know the movie year was hell on earth but uh anything <laughs> good you know when i sat down and looked at the year in review i did come up with three movies that i i liked one that i loved um i'm very happy to say it because i thought i was going to come into this conversation like this is all trash <laughs> What's going on with this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna catch a lot of shit. But anyone who doesn't agree with me can simply, can simply uh, respectfully uh, disagree, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, I, I I love the Dial of Destiny. I loved Indiana Jones Five for what oh, it was. God. I haven't seen I loved it. it too. For what it was, it's I an action it movie starring an 80 year old man, and it's and it works. You never see an, an action movie starring an old man. 
just a character study about an old man doing what he can do physically. I mean, like, you can't get pissed because he's not, like, jumping from horse to horse. He's an old man. And what he does in this story was interesting and, in my opinion, really cool. I got no problems with the film. I love I'm it. I'm going to leave it at that. What more horse? <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, I think, was yeah! fucking amazing. Like, like I loved unironically, it. I, I I loved it. I've since seen it like twenty five million times. <laughs> I loved uh, it, I mean, dude. It was just I so much fun. It. it was just so much fun. That's fun. Period. Uh, number it's... one for me was um, Talk to Me. The horror, it's the best horror movie I've seen since It Follows. It's fucking unbelievable. I saw it three Still times. It. Still need to watch that one. Yeah, it's so good. Obviously, I'll never comment on that film. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's about and still I did watch still uh, last oh, week did. when I was sick. Fucking loved it. Like I read his book and all that was in the book, and then I like I watched his like show, like his series, and it, all that was in that. So oh. I was kind of like, um, okay, I told this story, Mike, but it was still mm. really, really well told. Gotcha. Yeah, I, mean, I have not seen that. I definitely should see it. I got no excuse. Uh, also, Eric, you know, you said it kind of was a shit year. You found some movies you liked, but yeah, you know, we did have a strike too. The strike, you know. Mm -hmm. It delayed the year, five months. It was um, not cool. But we finished strong in a way, I feel. I feel like we finished strong. And Oppenheimer still was able to get out there, which is classic. Um, I, unless I'm misunderstanding this, so the holdovers, are we calling that 2023? Yeah, it's 2023. But it didn't make your best. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of meant to throw it on there, but sort of forgot about it. I, I, <laughs> okay, that's fine. I think it should be in the conversation, yeah. Well, I... It was the first one I watched for all these movies I wanted to watch, and I fucking loved it. I love oh, Alexander Payne. It's such a great film, man. Yeah, and good. Giamatti in the zone. Like, yes, it's fair to make sideways comparisons because just Giamatti in terms of at his best is what I mean when I say that. Not the mm -hmm. movie itself. It's not about wine. But Giamatti at his best. Really well done. And this dude, you know, this kid who came on the scene, this young he guy, great. he was, he had presence. And yeah. he was funny and life. It wasn't just typical. It wasn't so simple. You know, you got these kids who got to be taken care of. Like, Eric, did you see the holdovers? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it a couple okay, weeks so ago. Okay, so all three of us have seen it. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So spoilers for a minute if you haven't seen it. Not too much, but saying it now to you people because we respect our listeners and viewers. But the fact that the kids all take off and go to the mountain, like, I, I, that never happens. Like, it would have been the the routine play here would have been everybody stays for the whole trip and these young youngest kids have to learn from the somewhat older kids. But no, they're like, everyone's out of here. It's just <laughs> going to be these couple of people remaining. And I love that. I don't know. I really like that about the script and the story. And, you know, that kid whose name escapes all of us. But that, that kid. That <laughs> big, like, really reminded me of a young Bradley Dourif. Oh, wow. That's high praise. Yeah, I think so. I didn't care for it, man. I didn't oh. care for it. I wanted to so bad. Like it seemed like such a true to form. I don't know what it was. I was I was trying to pin it down. Like maybe it's like you, Trey. I was like the next day I completely just forgot about it. But as I sat down there, I'm like, man, what was the problem with this story? It was just kind of like I don't know. I I didn't dislike it. It just seemed like like a series of like misadventures that weren't that interesting. Hmm. I don't know how else to put it. And like Paul Giamatti, like I love him, but like I didn't <laughs> I like his character. And you're right. It kind of reminded me of Wonder Boys, Travis. Oh, but like right. I love Grady yeah. or at least, I mean, I don't have to understand him or like 
like him per se, but like I have to be entertained by him and feel yeah. for him and understand. I just thought uh, this guy was like a dick and like a gross brick <sighs> almost the entire film. Like, yeah, I teach teenagers. I, I sympathize too much with them, I guess. He was I a just prick. Don't know, man. Angus, the Angus character, Angus Tully. Is the younger kid played by Dominic? Sessa. No, I like the kid. I like the kid. I didn't care for Paul Giamatti's character. I was just like, yeah. I was cantankerous prick. He like, is a cantankerous fuck. He is. I didn't yeah, like the character so much as I. Yeah, he's a miserable prick, and it, and it didn't go straight like, "Hey, miserable prick makes good," or like, "Miserable prick sees the error of his ways, and now he's a happy-go-lucky guy." I know it kind of goes that way, but it's it's yeah. earned. I like the script because yeah. I thought it was earned. And that we disagree, I guess. Yeah, yeah and uh, uh, what's her uh, Divine Joy? She was great, uh, yeah. Divine yeah. Joy Randolph. So career, career, uh, one of those, one of the big performances of her career, obviously. Yeah, I liked how they had that part of it too, Eric. That that uh, you know, all the other rich white kids get to live the dream, but the young black kid who was fortunate enough to even go because he worked, his mother worked there. He dies in Vietnam. Like that is very honest to me. That is, I didn't think that was. Uh, poor storytelling know. at all. I, I felt for her. It was brutal for her, and yeah, it was intense. And then they're just like, "Oh, she she stopped drinking. Everything's good now." I thought they kind of <laughs> built up a strong character, and then we're just like, "Let's have her quit drinking. Everything's fine now." I well, don't, we don't know, <laughs> man. Yeah, underwritten. Okay, all right. You know, there's no Jim Taylor anymore. So some people say Alexander Payne's not been the same since he lost Jim Taylor. Or why? I don't know why they don't work together. Did Jim Taylor die? Because if I don't know that, don't know, then I'm yeah. an asshole. But I don't know. Anyway, that was his writing partner for a right, long time. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I loved... Uh, whoop. I loved... Loved <laughs> The Killer. I loved it. <gasps> oh, really? I, saw I it. was engrossed in it, and I wow. watched it again. I, I know. Ooh, I was expecting to be disappointed. Because Eric's what Eric said about it. I thought you'd be bored. I really wasn't. I found it to be highly intriguing and entertaining and hmm. really the most grounded, you know, he's a killer that <laughs> uh, I've seen in a while. I, I didn't think it was trite or typical. I thought they really tried to make an honest script of a real guy who existed in a world that could exist. And I didn't find it to be false. I really loved it. I, I did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, obviously, Asteroid City, best film of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a funny joke. Uh, and uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, obviously. We know. Yeah, Eric, so did you finish it or did you just make fun of his jaw? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> jaw. We have some great jokes in the text thread, guys. So they don't get to see this. Travis jokes. and Eric were on fire about jaw. <laughs> yeah, a lot of jaw humor. Jaw Matt. acting. Yeah. Jacting. Jacting. That's Jack, right. A lot of jacting. I watched like two hours. I well I fell I fell asleep not because I was bored, but because like I started like an idiot. Like t you start a three and a half hour movie at like ten o'clock at night. And like I didn't bother to go back. I, was, I didn't bother to go back. So whatever Probably that tells not. you. Yeah. Like I my main problem with the film, not to stomp over your best of Michael, was just it's only because we're on the topic is like I'm sitting there wondering why they went with um, this as the main character, the narrative to tell. He's like so uninteresting. Why did they decide to tell it from his point of view? As, He's the most dull character it, I've ever seen in a film. As I understand it, Scorsese felt like he was making a movie about the horrible things that white people had done for because 
white people need to see it. And if it was going to be from the perspective of a native person, it needed to be made by native filmmakers. Ooh. Okay. I can respect I think that. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, think it, it does too. Um, again, no spoilers, but as we as the onion gets peeled of his character, and we learn the depths of his depravity, um, you know, it's not a not yeah. I don't think we're supposed to love this character. <laughs> fucking hate him. I hate that fucking guy. Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Killers of the Flower Moon is easily hateable, but also gets too many opportunities. It's, it really would piss you off because it pissed me off that he keeps still getting over on people despite yeah. being so stupid and clumsy with his mistakes. I think that's it. That's it. It's, it seems like this the same scene kept happening over and over again. Fucks <laughs> yes! up. That's something dumb. Then De Niro's like, hey, man, we got to work with these people. You know, you do the right <laughs> Then it just keeps happening over and over again. And De Niro, I mean, he was good in it. But like from the second he appeared on screen, like I knew everything I needed to know about him as a character. That's kind of, for me, it's kind of how De Niro was playing. If you had somebody a little bit more, somebody more like Tommy Lee Jones or someone where you can't really get a hold on what they're what's behind the the what's behind him, De Niro just seemed a little too obvious for me. And this character, really? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My point is like in the book and in the original screenplay, it takes place through this the, the uh, Jesse Plemons character, which makes sense. Go they investigate it. And let's let's have a good crime investigation film. And, and DiCaprio's like, no, I don't want to play that role. I'd rather play the husband, <laughs> thinking that he's more interesting and complex, where he's just more, he's just boring. Wow, you don't think that De Niro properly, or not properly, but excellently expressed a person <sighs> who is an insidious fuck, but on the surface will never let that facade drop at any time. I thought he portrayed that quite he did, well. But he's done that like 20 times. I guess it was just a little uninteresting for me performance-wise. I don't think he did it like that, like this, the, for me. Yeah, to me it seemed like a different take from De Niro, but okay. Well, we're different know, people man. on the show. I guess I'll finish it up, but I don't know. When you guys were saying before you wanted to give spoilers that you had this big main problem with the film and I was interested what you were you talking about. You just hit about. it. You hit it. You hit it. That... Uh, hour 20 <laughs> till I don't 215 of the movie <laughs> you're right we're just like it's just unraveling and but it's not unraveling in an entertaining way I mean everything yeah, looks incredible yeah. Eric right everything looks yeah. incredible but yeah. yes you're right it's like okay how much longer do I have to wait for some yeah. type of other actor or event to step in here to yeah. change this direction yeah. at all or yeah. is that the point of the film to just like bop you over the head with the continued depravity of the <laughs> white man i think that's the point much and that I, Robbie I, Robinson I love that score was fucking droning and boring. Same, same three oh, notes like for two what? straight hours. Oh, I'm now sorry. you're really off the fucking. What I'm sorry, no, man. man. I'm what? sorry. No, sorry. I cannot agree with that. I'm very much pulling for Robbie Robertson to win. Post oh man, posthumously his Oscar. Posthumous. But, yeah. All right. Well, That's shit. Good. There you go. Uh, and then uh, just to close it out, I uh, I don't know what happened here, Travis. So. Uh, into the Spider-Verse? Okay. Across yeah, the Spider-Verse? The new uh, Spider-Verse from this past year? Yeah. Across the Spider-Verse. I think it's across, yeah. yeah. Into, this, into is the first one, across is the second one. So I turned it on and I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, I, wow. I hate, I was like, this is, sh I don't know why I was, I really liked the last, the first one. I, I was on board. Incredible. Yeah. But I'm like, 
I don't know. It's something about the storytelling or the way it was all presented, and it looked incredible in many ways. But I was just like, "This is what the hell's going on here? Do I have to be eight years old or like twelve years old? Do I? I rarely have I ever felt like maybe I was too old to like get the pacing and the ADD nature of it all. But I came back to it the next day, and then like I couldn't stop watching it. So I don't know what was going on. Maybe I was having a day. I I really liked it. I I liked it a lot, and Good. I'm not always that guy who likes that uh, type of thing. Animated. It's about the ending, but uh, other than that, I, I I liked it. But we're so we're getting uh, the follow up in the summer. Uh, is it that soon? I was yeah. Under the impression it was further out, but okay. Go oh ahead. really? I, I I was obsessed with looking this up afterwards. Oh, and it, if you looked it up it recently, said, then I, be, I believe you. I'm it said saying, summer I, yeah. 2024, but maybe uh, Great. we're wrong. Good. So I hope so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quite, quite a cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was a uh, it was entertaining to watch. So uh, I, it's funny how you could dive into something it's not cool, and then all of a sudden it is cool. So <laughs> recommended that. And then uh, two favorites of mine personally: a movie called Flora and Son, which is about it's a uh, it's from the guy who did a uh, Once the Irish. Oh no uh, shit! Oh yeah, I knew I'd heard of it. Wow. Yeah, uh, I really love this movie. It's about oh. music. Joseph <gasps> Gordon Levitt, right? Yeah, Joseph Gordon Levitt is a. Uh, supporting actor in this and yeah. the main role is this woman who's uh just lights up yeah. the screen and it's it's sardonic and it's cynical but it's also got a massive heart but it's about music or where we are today music is also about parenting flora and son one of my okay. personal favorites of 2023 strong recommend on that movie and then I'm one there. other one i liked that i didn't really hear anybody else talk about was uh, the burial with tommy lee jones and jamie fox mm-hmm. <laughs> okay what? But, Dude, what did you yeah, did you see it? it was laughable wow. <laughs> what it, it was laughable it was so cheesy yeah maybe it was but I, i'm uh, glad you liked it i i <laughs> yeah, clearly you there, respect his opinion <laughs> Al, Al, alan rucks in there being an idiot southern white guy and that's funny to see oh, and i don't you're right. It's not a great movie. I'm not saying like this. Uh, no, movie I'm not right. Best, but... If you liked it, you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I liked it. It's also based on a true story about uh that guy that guy who played the dick by the way, like the asshole mm-hmm. Canadian magnet of the funeral yeah. home business. <laughs> that guy is he reminds me a lot of DiBiase, my former stepdad, and like in, like that old white guy puffing, sucking down Winston's, right, like freaking out on you. It's really scary. That guy scares the shit out of me. I don't know what that guy's name is, but he was also in Black Hat, so it's mm-hmm. that guy. But yeah, so uh, there you go. I like Burial. It was an interesting okay. film. So I admit, though, it's it touched maybe on like the, the history teacher person in me because it was based on true events. So okay, there you go. Inspired so by. The, that's it. Our best of 23. Oppenheimer, the best Nolan film ever. My opinion. <sighs> wow. Man, that is... I'm going to think about that for a while, Travis. You really you really got me. I think uh, it's the most yeah. mature film. You know, it's like uh, that and Dunkirk. There's, Love there's, Dunkirk. Yeah. And I thought this was way more entertaining than Dunkirk. Yes, I agree. <gasps> Better than Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. All quarantine viewing picks? Quickly, do it. Let's do it. Oh, Courtney Viewing Picks. Yeah, right. Of course. Uh, by the way, the guy's uh, Irish director is John Carney. That's his mm, name. And he was Eve Hewson. Eve Hewson is a star of that film, Florence Son, and she is great. I really like her. Nice. Um, yeah, so I already talked about some of what I watched, like Nyad. Uh, I also checked out this movie. <laughs> I cannot believe that people like Anatomy of a Fall. Oh! <gasps> fucking hated it oh, so man. much 
No way. <laughs> I'm excited. I spent like for days, I guess even till now, like it would just pop into my mind. I'd be like, fucking, I spent $6 <gasps> to rent that thing. I've watched it all the way to the fucking end. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> bloated fucking movies, man. Chop 45 minutes off this thing and you got yourself something to work with. But I was bored to tears. Oh, by the second half of it, I'm checking. Like, I'm like, well, surely 20 minutes have gone by. And I'll hit pause. How long? It's only Damn been it. five minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Paint drying. And I, I have some people whose opinions I really respect who love this movie. And I'm like, what? what? What did I watch that you, what did I not see? Good acting. Really good acting. Absolutely. Uh, but a pretty cliched plot. And just drawn the fuck out, man. Just so <sighs> dull. Um, on the other hand, I did watch the documentary "The Greatest Night in Pop," uh, mm. which is all about the recording we of, the of "We Are the World." <laughs> oh man, which, dude! For context, Lionel Richie wrote that song yeah. with Michael Jackson. Yeah, hosted the AMAs that night, and then after the AMAs, they all went together and recorded the video and the song at the same time. Fucking chaos. It oh. makes for a pretty fun documentary. Oh. Definitely check that out. I definitely got to watch that. That's just yeah, even it if it's is. not good, I'll I'll suck it up. It's worth yeah. It's worth checking out. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it's interesting. Can't wait, Eric. Oh, that was short. Well, you know, um, we already did twenty twenty three. I think he was being brev for the uh, like. I didn't watch that much either. Yeah, you know what. Um, so just a few that I haven't mentioned already. The newer ones. Uh, I went back and watched the Dead Zone. From 83, David Cronenberg, Chris yeah. Walken. It's been like 25 years since I watched I remember not liking it when I was a kid. And I turned it on Tubi. It's fucking awesome. It's so good. <laughs> and it reminded me about how much I love Christopher Walken when he's not like parodying himself. Mm. He's he's such a, a fantastic fucking actor. But he rarely gets roles where he's not just being a clown or being Christopher Walken, quote unquote. So I mean, he's fucking so good in this movie. Yeah, right around there. When he started slicking back his hair, then he just played the same role like eight <laughs> times in a row in the 90s. And it started to get weird. Uh, man, go back, because it's fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> and then our friend of the show, Christian, sent me down a rabbit hole of Rescue 911 episodes on YouTube. Oh, no. He's a fucking hilarious. <laughs> Bill Shatner? The stunts on this show would make Tom Cruise blush. It's just a fucking dumb show about real 911 calls, but since it's the early 90s, they have to have real like stunts and like this is bonkers because this show and Unsolved Mysteries would both have the real participants like act in the dram dramatizations and they're putting their lives at risk. We got like dudes like falling off horses, like jumping off trains and like they're the real people that did it. What? It's it's, it's so ridiculous and a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. And then finally, I can't believe I'm saying this, man. Maybe I am getting up there and old and I'm, I'm schmaltzy and I can't believe I... I've been trashing this movie based solely on the trailer and how dumb the title is my whole entire life. That doesn't sound like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that, too. Until I watched it on Disney+. Plus. <sighs> Mr. Holland's Opus? You ever seen oh, this I've movie? Never seen it. Never seen it. I've been it. wanting to bring that to the show for a it's, long time. It's fucking God. awesome. I don't need to do now, man. That's so funny. But that's been on my short list for a long time. That's so funny. I oh. loved it. 
Cole. Wow. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. <laughs> I've never I seen always, it, man. Yeah. I, I, I just <laughs> don't. I, I, you got to see it. You got to see it. Uh, it's, Is that before or after Krippendorf's so tribe? That was before. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely before. <laughs> he bounced back in a big way from, from uh, totem pole face. <laughs> totem pole face. Career-ending performance. <sighs> what a performance. What a great what a, what a great film. Love huh. it. Cool. I got to watch that. I, I never did not want to watch it. I just kind of wasn't there. I never wanted years. to watch it. I'm like, saw the preview. I'm like, we're doing this cradle of the grave cheesy music teacher then I watched it and I was crying and I loved it. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> this is when I saw it times back in the day. I guess uh, saw it holds up. Except, spoiler alert, his actual opus is terrible, but the rest <laughs> of the movie is great. Oh, man. Uh, I'll just take this opportunity for core TV picks on my end to say honorable mention incomplete. I didn't get to watch How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Wanted to watch that. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I want to watch Cassandro. I haven't been able to watch that. Uh, they clone Tyrone. Have not seen that. Uh, Golda. Apparently, there was a Golda in my ear. Helen Mirren as Golda. Yeah. Uh, I already got. It looks like it got totally shit on, but I, I still want to watch yeah, it. That's it. Did. Um, uh, Bo was afraid. I didn't get a chance to watch that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, good with luck. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I, I told it. you guys. I made it two hours into the three-hour film and turned it off. <sighs> it's a three-hour film. Shit. Okay. Three-hour motherfucker, and God it is. Damn it. A chore. And you love Nyad. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I really want to watch it, but I haven't definitely, had a chance. So. Definitely check out Nyad. Okay. All right. Good times. Noodle salad here. Cinema 9 pod gmail.com. Five star review. Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. We're here, there, and everywhere. Talking film. We got a bunch of episodes. This is episode 183, so check out all the back catalog. Send us an email. Today, it's time to get into finally a David Lynch film. Our very first David Lynch film, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Selected by the Lynch. I would say if anybody was the biggest Lynch of the three of us, I would say it would be Eric, but I could be disrespecting Travis. I don't you mean to. You are not. I would agree okay. with you. All right. So, uh, Lost Highway. Eric, why'd you pick Lost Highway? Do you remember watching it? No. remember the preview in Robert Blake's creepy face. And I remember really <laughs> wanting to see it really bad, but then, like, I just forgot about it. And it kept cre <laughs> creeping up. I kept thinking about it lately. And I'm like, you know what? God damn it. We haven't done David Lynch, and I've never seen this movie, oh, and there's got to be a lot to talk about. So I decided to bring Whoa. it to the program. Wow. wow, you're getting radical these days. I love it. Yeah, I do appreciate funny. your your vibe. Uh, what about you, Eric? Uh, Eric, Travis, did you I watch Lost Highway back in the 90s? Yeah, when it came out, I rented it because, uh, you know, I liked Dune and Blue Valentine. So I saw it when it came Blue out. Blue Velvet. Yes, sorry, Blue Velvet. I like Blue Val Valentine, too. I, I like Blue Valentine significantly more, actually. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry, Blue Velvet. And so I watched, well, I started this movie and I turned it off. <gasps> which back in 97, for me to turn off a movie, oh. extremely rare. Uh, I think this is the first, or I think this is the only movie on the show that we've done that I originally turned off besides Fast and the Furious. <gasps> uh, David Lynch, you know, at... I know who he is. I respect him. I definitely never saw this movie before. I've probably only seen three Lynch movies. Uh, Mulholland Drive, uh, Blue Velvet. Uh, Straight I, saw Twin, I saw Twin Peaks, the show, but uh, I don't know if that counts. I mean, he did do sure. that. So He did the movie, it's, too, if you watch that. Oh. Well, Elephant he's David Lynch. Uh, Eraserhead? Nope. 
Didn't see that one either. But I'm aware of them. I think Eraserhead is one of uh, our friend of the show, Chad's personal favorites. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I think it's his top one of his top five favorite movies. You didn't see The Elephant Man? I never did. I want to. <gasps> oh, I, man. I haven't found a copy of it or like been exposed to it, but I would. that's John Hurt, right? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to see The Elephant Man. Uh, so this is Lynch, and it's got a... It's got Robert Blake, who was a real murderer. Um, <laughs> Actual murderer. Actual he, murderer, Bob Blake. <laughs> okay, let's just say it. So he yeah. does this movie in 97. He's Robert Blake from Beretta. That's pretty mm -hmm. much what most people know him as. Yeah. And now, in our era, post-2005, he's Robert Blake the murderer. And the fact that he plays this role... He's this guy in particular in this film, and you know he killed someone? Like, he's been found guilty in a court of law? Uh, that's... Whoa, back up. He was acquitted, but he was found guilty in a civil case for being responsible. Oh, uh, so he never went to criminal prison? No, he was acquitted wow. of the, the murder. But, you know, oh, all, he had, like, key point. 20 people on as eyewitnesses saying that he tried to hire them to kill her. And somehow, you know, money talks. Okay, my apologies. Wow. Robert Blake. He's dead now. He's way out of that one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Poor Robert Blake. Should we feel bad for him? No. 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 no okay. Yeah. Okay. Burn in hell, Robert Blake. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, gee, Patricia Arquette, who uh, is quite nude in this film, and I had no idea. I, I didn't think that she ever got nude on film, and that's something uh, I admit I'm into. Yeah, I am into that stuff because I'm a man and I've got loins. But uh, wow. Yeah, we're talking loins here. Ew. But uh, uh and he got Bill Pullman, and uh, you know, you got all kinds of assholes in this movie just jumping in, and it's a big cast. David Bowie is doing the intro, so yeah, this is a, this has a lot of clout in terms of name recognition. So as far as the rating for IMDb folks, how do you? Uh, last week, Travis nailed Hot Tub Time Machine on the nose, Eric. So, what do you think of this time? Yeah, I didn't check either. Uh, mm. I mean, this guy's got his fan base. I'm going to say 7-1. I'm going to say 6-3. Yeah, the fan base. So, yeah, I'll say a 6-7. That's what I'm going to go with. Ooh. <laughs> 7.6. <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. Wow. Maybe we're giving our hand away. or uh... <laughs> That's very high. That is. Big score. Big score. It's a much-loved film. Much-respected film. Um, I've heard a lot of people say nice things about it over the years. <laughs> okay. That's not you? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I turned it off, so I didn't have anything to say. You know? That's correct. You, you did. Uh, okay, so I, I do, like, I remembered why I turned it off when I started it the other night. And, um, too much nudity? No, I didn't, I didn't get to, I mean, all I, I don't know that I got even to where he killed, where Fred, you know, Bill, Bill Pullman's character actually kills Renee, the, the first mm -hmm. dark-haired mm -hmm. version of Patricia Arquette, I think that I turned it off before even that, because every time someone speaks, there's an incredible long pause <laughs> between it, and I wrote down room tone the movie, um, <laughs> which it is for the first half hour oh. until it becomes Patricia Arquette fucks everybody the movie. Uh -oh. <laughs> Right? Like people talk about basic instinct, but how many scenes, separate scenes, did they film of her fucking in this movie? I mean, she there fucks are. four. She fuck. There's four main male characters. She fucks all four of them. And yeah. Most and of Robert Loja too. Oh. Yeah. More. Most of them more than once. Oh, Robert Loja. And, and then you got yeah. Marilyn Manson thrown in the mix too. Yeah. Don't forget him. I forgot. 
Like, that's not a distracting call. No, you're not going to distract <laughs> me with Richard Pryor. Just throw him in for no fucking reason. You're going to distract me with Marilyn Manson. Suck me right out of the movie. Room tone the movie. I wrote down uh, something about uh, that Lynch is, yeah, Lynch is obsessed with sultry. Like, that's what I get from the pauses and, like, the women and the scenery and the mood. It's always like that. Everything's got to be so fucking sultry. I could just imagine Lynch off screen being like, no, no, no. Pause longer. <laughs> I will say, yeah, okay, all right, that's fair. So on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics, you know, not it passes, but they're not thrilled. Sixty-eight <laughs> percent from the critics and an eighty-seven from the audience. They love it. That's a that's a high score. Yeah, it is. As far as the critical review for this 1997 film, uh, yeah, we had Goody Coons last week. That was fun. Goody Getting Coons. in on Hop Tub Time Machine. Goody Coons. Uh, Kirk Kirk Honeycutt. It's been a while oh, wow. since we've heard from Honeycutt, actually. Here, uh, let's go with Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly, who said, "Oh, he said nothing. He just gave it a red tomato." Sorry, that was a failed setup. How Sorry. about Judith Edgerton from the Courier Journal, which is in Louisville, Kentucky? Director David Lynch, the master of creepiness, is back with a femme fatale, of course, you got to use that phrase, of course. film that's sinister, disquieting, and deliberately obscure. Cool. Okay, yeah, sounds about right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Lynch knows how to put effective images on the screen and how to use a soundtrack to create mood. But at the end of the film... Our hand closes on empty air. Did not like it. Not a fan. Uh, I was hoping for some Destin Thompson, but uh, we don't have a lot of reviews for this one. We got Mike Clark from USA Today, who once upon a time said, Visually arresting, the movie does keep you going until the finale confirms suspicions that Lynch has painted himself into a corner. (laughs) It's funny. Good job, Mike Clark. Yeah. (sighs) <sighs> sigh Every sigh the movie uh, I know I wrote down right away what's this intro in exclamation and question marks I was like what's this <laughs> it was I don't know it was bizarre I, not Bowie's best era let's be honest <laughs> no the late 90s yes. was not his time irritating thumping way too much techno influence happening uh, for him it's, it's one of the worst songs I've ever, ever heard him do yeah. Oh, I mean, soundtrack wise, there's a lot of bands I like on this. The Pumpkins, Trent Reznor's got a hand in it, Bowie, Dude, but all the songs that, are like so 90s, like dumb electro. Except the big standout to me, Lou Reed's cover of Fucking uh, Awesome Magic uh, Moment. This Magic Moment is oh, amazing. incredible. Yeah, I listened to it a few times oh, since. God. Just Oh my God. Fucking great. That's not where I was going. I, I liked whatever that song was that came Love on it. in the ho- the motel scene the first time. It was very intense. And yeah, it was a little bit '90s, but I liked it. Oh, was that Rammstein? We got oh, Rammstein yeah. in this. Yeah, yes, that was Rammstein. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to talking about the uh, the really awesome strobe sax solo from Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Terror uh, sax. It, it, was, it was like the funniest things I've ever seen in a film. So it was bad. so hilarious. Supposed to take it seriously. <laughs> Bill fucking Pullman of all people. Played like, himself. Is he just learning? <laughs> I know. It's because Bill- doesn't make it jazz. 
Come on. Yeah, these people are talented. They're not just doing dumb shit. Right. What the fuck? I, Bill Pullman is. I'm so glad you brought that up. If I had forgotten that, I would have been so upset. I, I fucking silly strobe sacks. That's what I wrote yeah. down. And Bill Pullman is to me. Although I don't love David Lynch, he just not. I know that Kyle McLaughlin. I could see this like, oh, Kyle McLaughlin's kind of like Bill Pullman in terms of facial structure, or like being like a kind of a plain guy in a way. But I don't think Bill Pullman fits in the Lynch aesthetic at all. I don't know why, but. I just don't. Yeah. Well, Lynch chose him because he wanted the most average white bread <laughs> vanilla person Ouch. to portray the Fred character. And I mean, I love Bill Pond. I think he has charisma in a certain like in, in, oh, yeah. in comedy, but in, in most movies, I like him. As, but yeah, he's just, he's, I don't know. He's just a face in this. A, just a face. Well. He's never brooded well. He's yeah. best when he's being like romantic or funny, yeah, or, or even dramatic. Sly. But when, yeah, when he's brooding, it's not convincing. That's a and that's great. A, that's a point, first Travis. scene. The first scene is him brooding with a cigarette, and I'm not oh, yeah. buying it. I, immediately no. not buying it. No, nope. I, I, mean, I agree. That first hour is just. I like the first hour personally because I think it does establish a sense of like marital paranoia quite well. I think those long pauses are. The pauses between, you know, days and weeks and months in a relationship where you're suspicious of the other person. I think there's a foreboding sense there that's purposeful and it works for me. But yeah, Bill, I could have used somebody else for sure. How about Balthazar Getty? Yay! <laughs> that's even worse. That's even worse. Remember it him? Is. Remember him? He Balthazar yes. Getty. Remember this I, face? Remember this name? I remember he was in Lord of the Flies, like that remake. I'm like, yeah. Balthazar Getty? What is this name? <laughs> Heir to the Getty fortune. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep. Fucking Getty. Balthazar. Now he makes EDM. I'm not surprised. Does he? Oh, God. Uh, I Also, when this movie started, I said, is this U-turn? I don't know why. I did think that, too. Yeah, is this (laughs) U-turn? Yeah, like road, middle of nowhere. Yeah, maybe that's what that was. But uh, Balthazar Getty is terrible in this movie. (laughs) He's horrible. I mean, we got real actors in this movie. Robert Loja's doing his thing, man. I mean, get a boner. Fucking Robert Loja's doing full Loja here. Never fucking tailgate. I mean, he's like full out of million dollar movie Loja. He was over the top, way over the top. I loved it though. Uh, Yeah, go bigger. But I fucking loved it. I'll take twenty four seven Loja on fire all the time. I love that shit. It's funny. I'm really glad you're doing okay, Mike. I'm just I'm glad you're doing okay. I'm really glad that you're doing okay. I'm glad you're doing okay. Oh, I'm just boy. glad that you're okay. Really glad Can I say that you're, it again? you're okay. One more time. Yes. Can I I think this is a reasonable response to tailgating, correct? Yes, it is. But what the fuck's going on in this movie? Okay, so you guys tell me what's going on, because I don't know what's going on. So is it he, Robert Blake's the devil and like he can alternate worlds, his dimensions? Is that what's happening? Or like they he what can make people change this? form? Do you did uh? I just want to know if there's other things about it that I didn't get because I I didn't I just assumed that Pullman became I think Getty. Can, yeah, I think Ooh. we can only be theory based in our narrative assumptions about this movie, and that's I think that's the I think there's a general point of uh, disassociation after a traumatic event. I think Fred actually killed his wife, and he's trying to cope with the fact that he is a murderer, and he says it like, "Did I kill her? Like, am I a killer?" There's something about disassociation here and creating like a fugue state of cope 
when it comes yeah. to being in this I, this murder. But then you get this narrative that tries to set itself up like a story, but it's like, right. well, it, it can't be a story if it's your consciousness. Right. I, I read that fugue state explanation too and like that's bullshit that's someone trying to make sense of it i've got my theory about what's going on here okay lynch has got two incredibly cliched narratives that he <gasps> decides to weave together with this dude um and which is the most interesting thing happening in the movie and he's got two halves of a story and he's got two characters he doesn't know what to do with so he just makes one turn into the other and then turn back <laughs> in the hopes that the audience will be so mystified <laughs> and try and uh, explain what happened that they'll ignore the fact that this is an incredibly well-trod well path that we're walking down. I've seen mm. both of these movies many, many times. Good job, Travis. That's great. I, I also had two notes about fucking in this movie. Uh, one is, uh, the first one's deadpan fucking uh, early on. A lot of deadpan oh, fucking. God, no, like, yeah, it's not fucking enjoyable. Between Bill Pullman and and, and Rosette, yeah. or Patricia Arquette is like the yeah. worst sex I've seen on film. It looks, it looks <laughs> well, it's supposed to awful. be. She's like yeah, she tells no, pats him on the back, says it's okay. Extended and I think shot that's of why, the hand. Yeah. Well, that's it's why we get terror hand. sex. We get terror sex because he can't perform in bed, <laughs> but he can on stage. You know. <laughs> and then uh, I, I said weird fucking. So there was dead pet fucking, and then there was weird fucking. So yeah. that's all. It's a lot of fucking. Is early uh, yeah. early nineties MTV. Uh, music video fucking uh, at the end with like the dumb <laughs> headlights and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's stop what we're doing and fucking the dirt. Oh, I couldn't believe that they got nude in the sand. What the fuck? We're waiting for this guy. Well, what should we do? Let's fuck in the dirt. <laughs> and then like, and, like, I mean, they try to set up this femme fatale, and then her big line is like, "You'll never have me." I'm half expecting them to get up and be like, "I fucked you like a hundred times." What are you talking about? <laughs> we watch you on repeat on that movie screen through that whole extended <laughs> set piece. Uh, also, cool way to die. That guy blasted his forehead through the corner of the table. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That's a good moment. That's yeah. a good moment. Well, good good effects. Um, I, I think my favorite note that I made while making this movie or while, while watching this movie, let me see if I can find it. Um, Patricia Arquette disrobes again, this time at gunpoint. Yep. That's right. Yeah. They did it. They did it. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen there, but it but did like, happen again. I mean, again. Half the movie she's disrobing. And sometimes there's a gun involved. That's pretty much this movie. <laughs> Blown away. Yep. Also, Gary Busey's in this movie. We haven't even mentioned that. And he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Like he, he's nothing. He's very, a very calm, typical, almost like boring father. It's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Gary yeah. Busey in a David Lynch movie. And yet his character is super boring. And not, not crazy. I know. Did Giovanni Ribisi's stuff end up on the cutting room floor? <laughs> just wanders into the scene, into the movie, and just wanders back out. It's just like Henry Rollins. Get, oh, there's Henry Rollins. Okay, oh, see it. He's done. He was yeah, awful. His, his mugging, he was awful. He was awful. Yeah, I know. He's never been a good actor. Even in Heat, he doesn't really pull it up. <laughs> you really want to deal with these guys? <laughs> good call. Nice call, Eric. Well, you didn't love that joke between the two guards? Like, which wife killer? <laughs> you know, Robert Blake. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> Robert Blake. I mean, this is David Lynch. I mean, he he starts out with it, it, you could look at a racer and be like, well, this makes no sense. So this movie's a piece of shit. No, I mean it's a piece of art. So when I watch Lost Highway, like I can make fun of it till the cows come home, but 
I, I do appreciate this film for being something different. I mean, it sets up a weird mood. I think it's, it's an interesting watch for me. I'm not ready to sum myself up yet, just yet. I just think there's something interesting going on here. It, narratively, I think he shoots himself in the foot because, yeah, his head is so far up his own ass that he'd rather make no sense than even attempt to make a little bit of sense. You could, make, you could have that same story with the mechanic and the uh, hitman's wife if you just... I don't know, decide to maybe have this be him as a younger man. And maybe this is his first experience with someone that he, he can't trust. And this is why he inevitably kills Renee, because this has happened to him before. He's been fucked over by a woman. So it can explain this murder. But instead, it's just like, all right, now let's do this for a while until I want to end the movie. He's, he's just got a, a series of premises. It's like, and sometimes they're really good. Like, oh, you're at a party and this guy walks up to you and he hands you a phone and says, call your house. I'm at your house. Okay. What's it mean? I don't know, but it's cool. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I've got, I've got this other thing going on, but it, it never leads anywhere. It's just a bunch of these half-baked yeah. ideas. All these tapes show up and you're in them. And then like, then, then that's, that's it. That's it. There's no, exp- and, and, and th- there is no explanation. He gets to just be like, oh, well, it's ambiguous. It's up to the viewer. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that the opening scene apparently really happened to David Lynch? <laughs> hey, some guy was on the other end of an intercom and he said Dick Loren is dead. Okay. Oh, really? That's true. Wow. Yeah, yeah. supposedly. Congratulations. Uh, I think maybe this will sound like a immature or less informed David Lynch, certainly not an aficionado, but uh, he almost... I kind of feel like I've seen, you know, I've seen Mulholland Drive more than once, and I've seen his movies to a f- fairly, I think, s- assess that I think he starts to just play into tropes about his style, and he doesn't get out of that. And to me, this is just like, yeah, this is David Lynch. This is what he does. He, do- I mean, wouldn't it blow everybody's mind if David Lynch came out with like an action blockbuster? Like, I mean, holy shit, how did that happen? You know, I, mean, I don't want him to do that. Right. The Straight Story was not an action blockbuster, but you've seen that, right? No, I have not seen Straight Story. That's true. The Straight Story is a straight, literally a straight story. It's a, it's in every, in every sense. It's uh, based, it's a true story based on a guy whose name was, I believe, Richard Strait. And, um, and then there was the fact that this movie looks like nothing else he's ever done. It's just a straightforward film. So he's okay. ra- doing It's it. rated G. It's rated. <laughs> made it in 1999 after Lost Highway. It's rated G. It's a sweet film. Yeah. It's a nice little okay. movie. I don't have. And the elephant have man, to like, yeah, the know. elephant man is a is a straight narrative too. But yeah, I mean, he's a he's a um, avant garde filmmaker. He's an he's an art filmmaker. This is like watching like an Andy Warhol movie. And be like, this makes no fucking sense. This is nonsense. This, trash. I, my my point. I'm, but my point is that there are other artists that do similar things that sometimes make trash. Sure, but generally, like I'm thinking of Aronofsky, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aronofsky can set a mood, and it, there can be these things that are baffling and maybe not everything gets resolved but it still works yeah you know i don't need cookie cutter fed to me spoon by spoon i don't need that it this movie just has those you know (laughs) pauses and sexy women and uh like 
things that aren't clear symbolism i'm down with that i'm all for that stuff and i'm not giving away my hand here yet necessarily i i just watched the film and tried to say am i entertained here right now and well when robert blake shows up on screen i was entertained especially the first time he shows up and he can talk on the phone while he's standing in front of him that was incredible what a, what a cool party gag and robert loja made me laugh and he's hilarious and i i was generally entertained at a lot of stuff and i didn't need to understand it all so just want that to be clear. <laughs> uh, that is, let's wrap this up. I don't really have anything that much more to say to you. <laughs> um, let me check my notes, but I think I'm about done. I have nothing to say to you. I mean, uh, I, I would have liked more Richard Pryor. If you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna bring him into the movie, it really just really felt like, hey, I've got access to Richard Pryor. Exactly. So please do this and just kind of show up, and it serves no function. It's just pure. Because at least Marilyn Manson's character, as is, is limited as it is, is serving a function in the film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Richard Pryor just kind of shows up. Shows up. Well, he was Which, also starting to get more sick around this time, so I don't know. Like, you could tell. Yeah, that yeah the, he's not looking well. The MS, right? MS? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it was MS that took him, yeah. 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 It was... You know, he, he was starting to get worse, but I'm not yeah. saying that's what happened here. Who knows? I mean, who knows how long this movie originally was and how much got cut out and what did it? I mean, you could have took yeah. this movie in so many different directions where it would have been at least feasible because of the structure of the film. It's just, wee. Well, in Eric, day, you brought yeah, I brought it to the table to see what, what the hype was about because I have a complicated relationship with David Lynch because I don't like Eraserhead at all. Um, I don't like Blue Velvet at all, but I love Mulholland Drive, uh, and I love The Elephant Man. So it's like I, I, was, I was. It was one of these where I'm like, am I gonna like this? Or am I gonna be like this fucking surreal nonsense? Get your head out of your ass. Uh, and I never saw Twin Peaks either, so I'm not like. I, I had no preconceived notions going in. I was just like, is this gonna entertain me? And then the end of the day, man, I, I watched this, you know, at like nine o'clock at night and I did kind of settle into the weird mood of it. And I ended up I ended up liking it quite a bit, not because I understood it. I didn't I had no fucking clue what was going on, but I just thought the guy was doing something different. That was interesting. Like if this was on like in the background while I was like at a bar or something on the TV beside me, I'd be just transfixed by it because the visuals are so f interesting and cool. But yeah, I, I, I'd say it holds up just because it was something different and you don't get a lot of something different. So I don't know. I kind of dug it. Thought it held up. Okay. Uh, I'll go next, Travis. Did you know? <laughs> Bill Pullman really played the sax in that scene and he did not know how to play the sax when he signed out of the role. That, that he really did. is true? Did you look it up? That, he yes. Well, that's he exactly it. what it fucking sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Somebody that just picked up a sax for the first time started blowing really, into it. That's what they think jazz sounds like. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! David, let's know better than that. What the fuck? So you just <laughs> blow into these and then push these buttons. <laughs> All right, action. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Fred from Vegas, and that sounds like he's like, yeah, he's like <laughs> the mumbles of sex. <laughs> It just explodes with chaos. <laughs> uh, also, uh, this was Pryor's final film role. It was. This is yeah. his last one, uh, unfortunately. But, yeah, you know, people in this I know, uh, I definitely, uh, uh, I like to see beautiful women. So, I mean, I was mm. entertained. Uh, Patricia, Ar Patricia Arquette's character, I was baffled by, though. I just, 
I, I didn't know what, not just the motivations, but uh, if even she knew what the purpose was from her director, or if he's just like, just do all this stuff and yeah. just don't worry about what it is. So yeah. that kind of got that vibe from it. But, you know, she definitely could play a cool, sultry, sexy femme fatale. Good for her. Uh, Dick Laurent. I always remember Dick Laurent. Never forget. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I did watch the whole thing. And I didn't hate it, but certainly not for me. Didn't love it. Not excited to watch it again. Does not hold up. I think that Patricia Arquette is someone that really needs the right director. Because I think that without the right director, she can turn in some pretty subpar work. And um, this, to me, she's not very convincing in it. And I could give a shit that she's naked in it because porn exists. I am not entertained by watching her be naked and fuck people at all because that's not what I go to movies for. Huh. Um, I could give a shit. Uh, I'm just like, what is the motivation here? What is happening? Uh, a lot of this really made me think of when I was in film school, uh, this guy uh, got the directing job for our like final project and he had his own script. It was called Daveria and it meant nothing. <laughs> it was literally based on his dreams. It had no fucking plot. There was guns involved. There was a femme fatale. And it was all just shot like on sound stages. And it looked a whole fucking bunch like Lost Highway. And felt a whole bunch <laughs> like Lost Highway. Um, I looked over all the other 182 movies that we've watched. And try to figure oh, out what is there a movie I hated more than this? Oh no! And no, there's not. I would watch Margot at the Wedding twice in a row before <laughs> I would ever watch this movie again. I fucking oh, hated Lost no. Highway with a burning passion. Oh, that man. movie, fuck, fuck it. <laughs> doesn't hold up. <laughs> yes, that's oh, wow. Jesus, just for that final analysis, it was worth it. Well I done, Travis. It. Very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there it is. Lost Highway, 1997 David Lynch film. Let us know what you thought. Sibnipod.gmail.com. Uh, next week, uh, is it me? It is you, sir. That's what I thought. I uh, have been here before, and I'll be here again, hopefully. It's a pleasure to be a part oh, of the show. And Mapping. Yeah, here we go. Didn't pick it out before the started. Mortality talk. Yep, yep. We're all going to die someday. Here we go. I thought that we would do a movie that was pretty popular. It's definitely a popular film. Uh, and it's right at the turn of the century from 1999 to the year 2000. So I don't think we've even done him yet, but it's time. We're doing Guy Ritchie. We're doing Snatch next week. Snatch. Remember wow. Snatch? Yeah. Snatch. Yeah, okay. That fucking okay. poster Snatch. everywhere of like all those guys lined up. Yeah. yeah. That's a poster. That makes sense for the show. Yeah, I think it really does. Okay, cool. Yay, see? I did it. All right. You did it. All right, we're going to bed now because we're old men. Thanks so much. Travis, Eric, myself. Good night.